I'm Janie Pilgrim, and this is The Deal. Come on. Straight up. Hey, you feel the energy? We all here helping people with disabilities. Staying inclusive, advancing, showing support and help with career planning. Yeah, yeah. We don't see empty glasses, I'm speaking truthfully. Cause if it's empty, all I see is opportunity. Here is the deal, we here to get you rolling. Helping you with trailing and getting some employment. Let's go. I'm Janie Pilgrim, your host. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm here with my esteemed co-host. Right to the right of me, I have... Anson Duong. And across from me, I have... And Manuel Bautista. And we have a wonderful guest today, Jeff Barnes. And Jeff is going to introduce himself um, and tell us a little bit about his background as it relates to AI. So, Jeff, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Uh, I am the Chief Information Officer at the CUNY Graduate Center. I've been in the information technology industry, especially higher education, for over 40 years. And um, I've been asked to speak and come to your group to talk about AI and how it's going to impact us in, in the near future. So, Jeff, um, one of the things that we were talking about off mic um, I mentioned that what I do in terms of helping individuals with disabilities find employment. That's one of the things I do. And one of my concerns is that as AI continues to grow, that it may be more challenging to find vulnerable populations employment. For example, at the uh, department store, there is a machine that scans the goods to see when they're low on stock. And as we talk to Anson here, Anson's interested in voiceovers. He's an aspiring voiceover artist. And we know that AI now can do, it can write scripts and do some voiceovers. And I'm not sure how it's going to impact um, Emmanuel over here because he's interested in doing graphics. So how do we, let's talk about how it could impact um, all three of us who are sitting right here today and just the future population. And I have a list here also of the Departments of Labor's um, jobs um, up into 2026, like demand jobs. But in other in other countries, like in Asia, like some of these jobs, like at taking McDonald's and taking orders, a lot of this stuff is done through AI. So I just want to know how, um, through the, the lens of the potential of job loss through this wonderful but yet potentially dangerous technology. Okay. So I believe that there are going to be some jobs that are going to be rendered um, superfluous, but they're, going, they're not going to be creative jobs. They're not jobs that require high level of creativity. And let me explain. Um, AI is essentially assistive technology. And what I mean by that is um, it automates a lot of the things that are repeatable, um, that can be done. Like, for instance, there are several categories of AI, right? So there's machine automation. So menial tasks, um, tasks uh, that uh, a machine could do um, through learned memory um, and, and, of course, the necessary equipment um, can be done through AI. And uh, I want to differentiate between uh, robotics, machine learning, right? Um, when I say machine learning, I don't mean the, the language that's required to program those robots. But I'm um, talking about the fact that, you know, uh, machines can be used to automate certain tasks. At this point in time, AI um, is used in factories, used in, in uh, 
places like Amazon to stock shelves and, and things like that. And that that you'll see more and more of that. So I the reason I say it's assistive is that while some jobs will go away, it will create other jobs. Okay? Is that most, is that mostly in programming though? It's gonna be mostly in learning how to use the type of technology to do more work, more creative work. Um, an example, I have a cousin who actually works at Amazon. And so there are, she programs the, um, I guess the dashboard that tells her where all of the different machines or automated machines are, are, are working. And if they're working correctly, if they're not working correctly, um, she'll know how to kind of dispatch people to go repair those machines which comes to an issue of repairing those machines. Sometimes those machines break. So those machines did not exist before, right? There are new machines, new technology. There are new ways of working with them and fixing them. So you have to train somebody to um, basically repair and maintain those machines. So that was a job that was created. So some jobs went away. That is the people who stocked the shelves. But some jobs were created. That is the people who have to repair the machines that stock the shelves. So if you look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they tell you that, that more jobs will be created than are lost. Hmm. I don't know that I actually believe that. Well, I'm glad you said I that. <laughs> I don't think you need five, you know, you might need 500 people to stock shelves, but you don't need 500 repair folks to see. <laughs> so I don't know that I actually believe that. But um, so that's the, the thing you have to keep in mind is that some jobs will go away and some jobs will be created. I think getting into the labor market, the, the trick is to figure out how you can maintain your ability to be employed. That being said, all right, I'm going to switch over. We have a list of questions for you today, right? Because these gentlemen sure. are prepared. But before we get to the list of questions, and I mentioned Anson wants to do voiceover. Is, it, is his, his career path, is it challenged because of AI? Yeah, I would say yes and no. I'm going to say yes because there are, with with, with uh, generative AI, the ability to use large language models to basically um, um, access and, and um, uh, using algorithms, basically access and uh, large amounts of content and use that to, um, based on prompting to create a speech, let's say, or, or to take the content that he gets to do the voiceover and actually uh, feed that into a, uh, an AI model that has speech synthesis. Yes, it will be able to, like just as he's given the speech to do the voiceover and just as that uh, AI uh, language synthesizer has the ability to take that same speech and, and make a speech or, or to do the voiceover, that would be the challenge. Now, the question comes down to quality mm. and what the customer is looking for. Is the AI synthesis satisfactory? Is it warm? Is it human? Has it reached a level where you can't tell the difference between, um, you said Anson? Mm -hmm. yep. Anson and the um, speech synthesis module. So if I'm that's the case, then it's a threat. If mm -hmm. not, and he provides some value. He provides some creativity, some humanity, inflection, things like that. 
Um, timing, timing, much. right? Like a comedian. Timing, like it won't yes. have a comedian. So actually, what you said was really empowering, Anson. I don't, you just got to go. We got to hire Jeff to be a job coach here. You hear what I'm saying? Right. Uh, <laughs> because what I'm hearing is, well, what's, and you'll hear this when Anson, you talk to Anson. Anson has his own style, his own inflection. So, and, and he brings his creative wit with him too. And mm-hmm. um, initially, right now, what I'm hearing is you're, you're, what you're interested in doing is not a threat. So that's good for now. We just have to make sure we keep you interesting and keep you relevant, Mr. Anson. Yep, that's right. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> so you have a question okay. for Mr. Barnes? Anson, do you have a question for Mr. Barnes? Um, yes, I do. Um, so are there any other jobs that are more likely to be lost because of AI? Uh, I honestly, I don't want to pretend I'm an expert on this, um, but I can tell you what I what I'm seeing, and what I'm basically seeing. Someone brought up the issue of you go to the supermarket these days, uh, yes. and you don't have as many cash uh, uh, cashiers. Right. Yeah. Like, and there's a lot of self like service, self checkout. I'm seeing more and more self service. So I believe wherever you can find the ability to automate um, self service, you're going to see jobs lost. Right. Just like at McDonald's where you have that little yes, picture. Yes, those, um, those like um, self menus. Self mm-hmm. menus and then you can uh, order them yourself on the thing and then you use your credit card to pay for them. Uh, what's interesting right. about that too, if it's a mistake, it's your mistake usually <laughs> where it's, you can't blame human error on that, right? It's like, I didn't want right. cheese. Well, sir, you pressed cheese, right? Right. right. But, but again, coming back to other jobs being created. So for instance, here we're putting something in place where basically it's a self-checkout for our food of a dining hall. So you can come in, you, you use your card, it lets you into the dining hall, um, and you can then pick whatever you want and pay for it, mm. right? Yeah. But now there's a trust factor, right? So now we have somebody, we, we have um, cameras watching, and we have somebody watching the screen and the camera to make sure that theft doesn't take place. Mm, right. so there again, a job has been lost, but a job has been created. Mm. Okay. Right. So we okay. have to look for the opportunities. Oh boy. Nanny, you have a All question? Right. Oh. Yeah. So for for me, basically, the question is um, what ethical considerations should be considered when using AI? Oh that's a oh my gosh, that's that's <laughs> a huge, huge question. I'm gonna try to keep it very narrow band because it could I it's a big question. So here's the thing. Let's talk about large language mod, uh, models, right? What you're basically doing is you're soaking up a lot of in- these, these um, programs are soaking up a lot of information. You are able to then prompt them on how to use that information. So you could say, for instance, um, acting as an anthropologist, tell me um, how to, um, uh, for instance, Acting as an anthropologist uh, in the urban sector, tell me the best way to make sure people don't get fed. Mm-hmm. That, you know, we have more homeless people, we have more food insecurity. Now, is there an issue? If, if the large language model looks through all the ways that you can keep food from people and then tells you how to do that, and you, the decision maker, this is why I say AI is assistive, right? You, the decision maker, then uh, decides to go with those recommendations. Is the AI not working as intended? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
from a functional perspective, the AI is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Research all of the information about food insecurity, figure out based on your prompting, um, how best to keep food from people, and then let you know how to do that. Wow, that's, so that's the ethical, wow. the ethics yeah. isn't so much the AI, it's as the person, AI user, right? Yeah. right. That's right, deep. Right. Well, actually, my son is actually he took an AI course, and that was what came up. It was like, how do you like? There's certain things that you can embed in the AI because some of it's yes. bias. So some of the bias that's embedded in the AI, it's that that's the person who's programming it. But in terms of um, AI learning, right? You're saying mm-hmm. that, but at some point, won't it? teach itself i mean i mean i hate to bring the terminator into this but at some point you remember the movie the terminator like at right. some point ai will be able to teach itself isn't it, isn't it already kind of doing Self-aware. that yeah yeah so so that's why i said narrow band I, that mm-hmm. my answer was a narrow banded answer based on using large um using generative ai and large language models um you could build an ai that is um that uses um, uh, computational methods or, or mental models, I should say, neural networks to learn. So you have a learning AI. So um, as new things uh, are introduced to it, it upgrades its its um, algorithms basically. So it learns how to do more. Mm. Okay, and that's dangerous if you don't have limits built into it. That is to say, I want you to be able to um, learn new things. But anything that harms people or anything that allows you to give advice to, let's say, young children that could cause harm to them, if you don't put those ethical um, uh, checks and balances in, the AI could, in learning new things, learn how to create bombs, Hmm. learn how to advise people on terrorist activity. Um, And if there are no blocks or no limits um, then yes, that could be very dangerous. So there was the large language model that I told you, if you use it incorrectly, um, you, the person, is responsible for using it unethic- um, unethically. Then there's the learning or, or um, uh, AI with mental models that can learn new things. If you don't put checks and balances in their code, they could do things that are unethical or, or give advice at least that's unethical. That's interesting. Because it wouldn't be self-aware. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's not self it wouldn't be self-aware that it's unethical, right? Because it's a machine. It doesn't have any emotion. It doesn't have any a conscious, a higher conscious. I would blame the programmer for not setting the necessary limits. No. Okay. Uh, And man, he has a question. Well, uh, it's more of a comment, basically. Um, yeah. So thinking about this kind of stuff, um, when people always think about AI, they, they they normally seem to jump to these concerns, which some of them are valid, like, you know, privacy and stuff. That stuff is, is, is valid to be concerned about, but they always jump Absolutely. to these concerns about stuff like, oh, AI is going to be like end of us and all that stuff, basically, which seems, you know, exaggerated when we think, when we think that. I mean, in reality... We, as people, uh, we have done way worse. I mean, even more than machines could ever do to us in the future, basically. That's my 
kind of um, common, basically, my line of thinking when That's thinking about these concerns. When Manny, when, when Manny brought that up to me initially, because I was like, no, AI has a potential. He was like, humans have done, way, and this is a quote, way worse to each other. Like, what can AI do to us that we haven't done to ourselves? I was like, wow. He makes a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going to follow that to its logical conclusion. The reason we're afraid of self-aware AI, of a self-aware AI that basically can be power-seeking, what's called power-seeking, that is to say that it can instruct itself to do things. It can instruct itself to learn things. It can instruct itself to perform actions that we never considered it might want to do. Why is that inherently dangerous? It's inherently dangerous because it's modeled after our brains. Mm. It is modeled after our neural networks. It is modeled after our characteristics. And I just read a study uh, done of 1,004 mammalian species. And they talked about the fact that the primates, ourselves, gorillas, and so forth, are the only mammalian species that um, kill in order to achieve power, territory, resources. Is and that, not only do they kill true? other species, we kill each other. We're the only species that s systematically use uh, 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 violence. I, I mean, I'm saying kill, but use violence uh, to achieve power, resources, territory, and so forth. Every single last one of us, every single last one of us has that built in intrinsically within us. And what saves us from this, these are the checks and balances, right? Um, the reason that children don't, um, our children don't replace us and put us out on, you know, put us out and take over the society is that we, from the time that they're children, we build into them these checks and balances. Respect for your elders. Be a good person. Be cooperative with your community. Those, that's the software, if you will. That's the encoding. Hmm. We do that. And in larger cities, uh, the reason that you don't, when uh, somebody robs you, you don't run, track that person down, but instead you go to the police is because we have institutions built into um, our larger societies where we're crowded in by the millions, right? We have institutions that will deal with those issues, deal with systematic or uh, occasional violence. But we do that because of who we are. This is the creature that we are. I mean, if we are building something that is like us, we have every right and 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 every logic says we should be afraid of it. Wow. That is so that is deep. That's, that's amazing. It's deep. It's deep and it's amazing. Jeff, thank you so much for that. No <laughs> that, that is amazing. Um, what I want to do as we're approaching the end of this segment is kind of go over. So we want to leave people with a happy note too, because mm -hmm. um, let's talk about what All the right. Department of Labor. I mean, because there was happy notes there, too. Like, for every job that, the takeaway for every job that's taken away, they, it creates another opportunity, right? So we have to seek opportunities and look for opportunities. And you could always come see your job coaches here to um, help seek for opportunities. That's what we do. But social workers, right, that's a job that the Department of Labor doesn't see going away anytime soon. Um, Tractor-trailer truck drivers, although I don't believe that one because we're coming up with AI in terms of self-driving cars, but they're saying that's not going away anytime soon. Healthcare mm -hmm. and professional aides, I could see that sticking around while no one wants to um, have their pillow fluffed 
by a robot. But in a more serious note, for someone <laughs> to take care of them, um, AI can be an assistant, but we want, um, we want someone to come up collectively and collaboratively to find cures for what ails us. Hosts and hostesses. I don't necessarily agree with that one either because, I mean, I hear in China that you can have a, a you know, like a robotic host, right? Yep. Human resource specialists. I think AI can support, but I think the human resource specialists, that may stick around for a while. Um, industrial engineers, um, industrial machineries, child care workers, security analysts, instructional coordinators, the list goes on and on. So if you're interested in finding out what jobs the Department of Labor uh, sees as um, in high demand, it's, there's even a list broken out geared towards women. But in, for the state of New Jersey, it's nj.gov uh, slash labor slash career. Um, but you can do that for on the, on the um, national level as well to see what jobs are in need and that we don't see going anywhere anytime soon. Monet's Outreach Services, rooted in the community. The main mission of Monet's Outreach Services is to bridge the gap between the general educated population and those with special needs with a specific focus on autism. The organization offers various services and programs aimed at achieving this goal. These services may include educational support, advocacy, resources, and events designed to foster unity and understanding. Any last questions for Mr. Barnes? Do you see that? Do you see AI outsmarting us, Mr. Barnes? <laughs> um, so um, Sam Altman, who is the um, president of OpenAI, uh, talked about the fact that one of the things we really need to do is to consider it, it, as we try to replicate our mental functions and, and and automate that within AI. We need to think about and be very careful about how we've been able to manage ourselves, right? We teach our children certain values. We teach them how to be good human beings. We teach them how to deal with uh, conflicts um, so it doesn't become an all or, or nothing situation. If we don't consider those things as we're programming um, AI to, do, to replicate how we behave and how we think, if we don't take the time to do that, we could, of course, create very destructive um, uh, uh, general AI. Mm. So that's the thing. It's it's about the ethics. It's about the limits. It's about the boundaries, and it's about being very uh, careful and intentional right. about how we build these systems. Right. So let's hope that AI doesn't outsmart us uh, humans. Well, th- what, it shouldn't if we smart. <laughs> if we're smart, if we're yeah. smart in the beginning. One of the things I'm, I wonder if this is going to create a new job. I'm thinking this is going to create a new job. I mean, obviously, you have to understand programming. So, someone who has a who understand ethics and who, um, like in certain sitcoms or in corporations, you have someone who thinks about ethics and how to move forward in an ethical mm-hmm. manner. There should be like a ethical, like a job title, like the ethical. Um, AI programmer, right? So that they're pumping ethics and challenging and looking at data and saying, hey, this is the potential. Um, and it, 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 it pushes the limits um, on ethics and it could be potentially dangerous. So like, for example, um, 
you know, just embedded um, biases, like whether someone has a disability or someone has a darker hue or someone's African-American or, or, uh, or Hispanic, like these things can be baked in. But someone who's looking at the data and someone who's challenging it and pushing back so that we have um, good data that's ethical because they say, what, garbage in, garbage out? Mm-hmm. Right. And Manny, Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Personally, this is me. I believe that you need an ethicist mm. uh, involved in every um, AI initiative to develop AI. Without an ethicist, without someone who understands human beings and our limits and our boundaries, um, we will end up um, creating the, I, the the analogy I give is if you have a parent who's a very bad parent and doesn't set necessary boundaries for the children, their children become a bit of a problem. Mm. Same thing with AI. The AI that you build can become a bit of a problem because you haven't set the necessary ethical and, and moral limits to it. I, you know, we're, we're, the way I like to look at it is we're trying to duplicate ourselves. We can do a very poor job of it. But I really believe that if we're intentional, we can do a very good job of it. That's my, that's my thought process on that. That's very uplifting. Manny, you get the last question if you have any. Uh, and if you don't, that's fine, too. I don't. No, I don't think I have any last last questions. That last one you gave us was like a, a doozy, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 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 Jeff, well, thank you. I have to say this was informative, but I, it actually makes me feel better about uh, our future in terms of AI and, be, and outsmarting ourselves and what mechanisms to put in place. But it also makes me feel pretty good about our future in terms of Although an opportunity may be lost, there may be other opportunities that should be and may be gained. And it's up to us to figure out what those opportunities are. So we thank you for your time and your wisdom. Yep. Thank you for having us. Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll be in touch soon. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. I guess that wraps up our live stream for today's topic. Hey, I don't want to lose my job. (laughs) <laughs> Take care. Good luck with your job. Yep. Thank you. All right. Thank yep. you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Equalspace, a premium share space created with multicultural business owners in mind. Equalspace equips founders with resources, programming, and a powerful network. Headquartered in the city of Newark, our share space provides resources for startups, coaching for 10 companies, and a wealth of intellectuals to collaborate and build with. The next wave in enterprises are being born within our walls. Become a part of the story. At The Deal Career and Community Services, we believe in the power of inclusion, compassion, and community. We're diving into the heartwarming stories and impactful work that define us and positively impact the lives we touch. At The Deal Career and Community Services, we aren't just a team. We're a family dedicated to enhancing the lives of individuals with disabilities. Join us as we explore the meaningful connections, empowering services, and inspiring journeys that shape our mission. At The Deal, every episode brings you closer to the heart of what matters most. Thank you for tuning in to The Deal Career and Community Services, where the right advice can change your life. Inclusion solutions is what we do. Listen up, you're gonna wish you knew. Challenged. 
Yes, we are making no excuse. People doubt us. We disprove. Gain wins. Breaking all the rules. Welcome to the deal where we keep it real. Bringing out the best to keep our appeal.